Hello, everyone, and welcome to Grip Lock Foundation Disc Golf Weekly Podcast. I'm Hunter, joined as always by Trevor and Silas in the booth today instead of Hello. Connor. Uh, Connor's already halfway to Charleston. He's in Charlotte, and he's going to meet us down there because we're leaving right after we finish recording this show. But we're going to be talking a little bit of Idlewild, some crazy storylines went down there, updating the power rankings, talk about our Charleston trip, a little Trevor's trivia, and then some more stuff from Twitter, but this time from Drew Gibson. You're not going to want to miss it, but first, quick word from our sponsors. A uh, quick word from our friends over at Double G Jerky. Double G Jerk Craft Jerky starts by hand-selecting the highest quality meats and placing an emphasis on the most savory seasonings and nutritionally focused ingredients. Double G produces the best tasting and highest quality jerky on the market. When you order their craft beef jerky online, you'll be amazed at the freshness, the quality, and the flavors you'll experience with the disc golf season in full force and everyone hitting the trails and slopes this winter. You'll want to stock up on these so you always have them handy when you need to boost. Head over to doublegjerky.com and pick out one of their delicious flavors. That's doublegjerky.com. Connor and I on the Boogie Bro Banter, if you didn't see it, power ranked all the jerky flavors. They're delicious. You're definitely going to check it out. My favorite, well, the one that we kind of selected was the boom sauce. However, hot boom sauce. However, teriyaki is has a soft spot. Silas, what's your what's the best jerky flavor you tried? Dude, let me tell you something. I they're all good. They first of all they're all good, but I like the barbecue. Barbecue. I think it's called McBeast barbecue. Yeah, it's very good. Very good. All right, I obviously I can't have I can't have beef jerky because I'm allergic to red meat. But if I could, I'm sure I'd love it. All right, let's get into some Idle Wild recap here. We'll first go over the results. Um, on the FPO side, we had Katrina Allen taking it down with Missy Gannon and Own Scoggins tying for second. And then on the MPO side, we have Isaac Robinson taking down his first ever Elite Series win. Chris Dickerson, his back, came in second, and Kyle Klein came in third. But let's talk FPO first. This is Cat's yeah. first win of the year since the Open Whoa. at Belton <laughs> and her second Pro Tour win this year. She won Las Vegas. So, in other words, it's been a while. Um, yeah, March. Looking over her stats, none of them were shocking. There wasn't something where I was like, oh, that's why she won. Yeah. But none of them were bad. She just played a solid just, tournament. Yeah, she basically just didn't implode because yeah. that's what everybody else did at one point or another. And it, and most of the, it seemed like most of the players that did just like absolutely blow up, they just couldn't come back from it. Like uh, Val was a good example. Yeah. Like she was hanging in there and you can you can take like some some bogeys certainly you're going to take them all the time and bounce back out of it but the second I mean she had a pretty bad stretch there where I mean she took a trip it was like the end of her second round um the weather started getting bad she took like a, a triple or a quad I think Somewhere it was it, at one point up there. and a bunch of bogeys end the round and just got just got washed out and it's really hard to come back from yeah. that um, that's what seemed to be happening across the board. Uh, Paige kind of had something similar happen where she was hanging in there and then eventually just blew up. And then Kat was just kind of like, she wasn't ever really in it. And then all of a sudden you're like going into day three. Oh, wait a second. She's in the tied for the lead or yeah. whatever. Like it was, uh, it was crazy that she just kind of popped in there. It, it's so funny. Like we, we were so close to just writing her off. Um, she just got jumped in the power rankings last week and we were like, I think we were just all kind of ready to accept that the yeah, this is not catch is not really having a good year, and then she wins again. Well, I look back at it, and like if you look at her year, and you it's compare been fine. Three, it hasn't been bad. It's yeah, just she just hasn't won exactly. And now that she's now she has two Pro Tour wins, one Silver Series win, that starts to sound like a better and better season. Yeah, she started off so well that I think it, we were just we had so quickly set in the narrative that like Cat is going to be the player to beat this year because she was more consistent than Paige. Yeah, um, Valerie hadn't really emerged yet. And um, we knew that Kristen wasn't going to be around all year. So we were like, okay, this is going to be Kat's year. And then she just went away. Yeah, she's kind of disappeared. 
Um, you know, this was also speaking of Paige, this was her second off week in a row. And like off like she was on the course, but like she just was off. Oh, did you see and did you see the stat? I believe Paige ended up finishing, correct me if I'm wrong, outside the top five. Yes, outside the top this five. This was I this is the if at one point it was her and Kat were outside the top five. And the stat they had thrown up was it would be the first time, I think it was the first time ever that Pat, Kat and Paige finished both outside the top five in an elite series or major event. I'd believe it. They threw that over a B-roll sequence and I was like, I couldn't believe it. And then like, sure enough, what Cat happened? Cat won. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's very interesting little little dip for Paige because again, similar to Kat, Paige Paige hasn't been having as good of a year as you would. Oh, no, I, I missed it, that stat. Yeah, Let sorry. me correct myself. It wasn't Paige and Kat. It was Paige Pierce back-to-back weeks outside the top five, I believe is what it oh, was. Oh, so this is it. Then. It happened. It happened. Because yeah. last week she she finished outside the top five, correct? Last week I think she came in 21st. Yes. So and this it week was, that was a stat. Like I knew that didn't sound right. It was I'm, I'm pretty positive this is what it was. It was first time ever that she's finished outside the top five at elite series or major events back-to-back. Didn't involve Kat. It was just yeah. Paige. So that, that's crazy. That ever. is wild. Um, the next event for her is another major. Uh, the European Open is mm-hmm. the next event she's playing. That's in two weeks, which is crazy. We're almost at, almost at the third major of the year. Who won the last? No, well, okay. Yeah, the second, second. second total major, third overall major, because USWDGC. Right. But basically, what could end up happening is Paige is hitting a, a little bit of a slump, or we'll just call it a bump right now, a bump in the road. Yeah, a bump or slump is going to be a new segment. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll call it a bump now. If she does bad at European Open, we'll call it a slump. Mm. But she's hitting a bump at a pretty bad time, because the bump started at... The first, her second major of the year. She yeah. won the first one, Champions Cup. That's going to help her. And then she lost the second major, USWDGC. Not didn't play great at Idlewild, but you know, at the end of the season, a few wins can cover a multitude of losses. So if she can win a European Open, win a Worlds, we're going to for, completely forget about Idlewild. Yeah. But if that bump turns into a slump and she does bad at the European Open, that's you know it's going to be an interesting season for Paige Pierce. Yeah, the European Open is interesting because like we have precedent of like that event obviously the in the past because it took place many times before. Mm-hmm. But the field and everybody's game has changed so much. So it's going to be basically like a, a brand new major. It, yeah, it feels it's going to feel somewhat like I think after has Paul ever played it with Discraft. No. Yeah. No, I don't think so. So Ricky's I, in the time since the European Open left Trilogy and now he's back to Trilogy. Yeah, I think um, what's honestly gonna wait. When was the last European Open? We got a stat check, fact fact check that. I feel like I'm it not, didn't happen in twenty nineteen. That's what I'm saying. If it was twenty eighteen, did Paul play one European Open with with no, Discraft? I don't think so. No, because twenty eighteen he wouldn't have been with Discraft yet. Yeah, twenty nineteen started. Okay, it was twenty nineteen. You're right. Okay, yeah, because it like We're the thing stupid. is, everybody Paul won it in twenty nineteen. Okay, so Eagle came in second. Ricky did play with it. You know what? At the, basically, the last 30, 40 seconds, just ignore everything we just said. It feels, I mean, that was three years ago in our defense. It feels like, it feels like an eternity. It ago. feels like, I feel like I haven't watched the European Open ever before. Yeah, I went Paul, Eagle, Albert, Tam, and Ricky. Okay. Tied for third. Okay. So that's pretty recent. But I think it's funny because, like, everybody's just assuming who won the FPO. That's what I'm really curious about. FPO, Paige Pierce won by 17. Oh my God! Over Hannah Blomroos, and okay. Allen came in so third. Everybody going into the European Open is going to assume that Paige and Paul are going to dominate, especially Paul with his history there. But I mean, clearly Paige obviously can dominate there as well. Um, but I think after like one round, that whole narr- like 
I don't trust Paul for a second. I mean, after what he just, I mean, that, we'll I don't talk wild, about Paul in yeah, a second. But I, before we jump too many topics, I do want to talk really quickly about Ella Hansen because it seems like this is a, a similar story we've seen in the past with Ella. Comes out the gate hot. Where she comes out, she gets herself in contention. This this one, she actually was able to hold on to the lead. She blew up round two at the beginning, was able yeah. to come back and stay in the lead going into round three, and then falls off the face of the earth. She just, essentially to me, I think that she has all the talent. She just needs more time in the spotlight to develop that yeah. like consistent winner mentality, whatever you want to call I it. I can't tell if she's... If she gets goes down to the nerves, or if her game's just not polished enough just in not general, enough. yeah, I, I'm not because like she's a talented thrower um, for sure. The putt is not insane or anything, um, but I think yeah, I think what it really comes down to is it's just she's not quite polished enough. But I think she's gonna get there. I really yeah. do. Um, she's very consistent what she is doing consistently is getting herself in the mix yeah, that's what i'm saying um, she, she reminds me of eagle a few years ago yeah she's just not quite where, like, closing you would have eagle pop onto the scene he'd put his name into the mix into contention and then he couldn't close it yeah and then fast forward a year or two eagle started closing and what did he do he won like five pro tours yeah so it, it, it's reminiscent to me I, of that type of player i still think ella probably gets at least a silver series this year it wouldn't surprise me yeah it wouldn't surprise me uh, so let's talk some MPO storylines. First, foremost, biggest one, Isaac Robinson taking it down. Guy's and, an animal came out of nowhere. I mean, if I would, if if going into this week you had told me someone was going to win this event at eleven under par, I would have thought there was like three players in the field that could do it. Four maybe. I would have went Simon, Ricky, Paul, Chris Dickinson. You mean shooting eleven under par? Averaged eleven. Oh, under averaging par eleven okay, across three rounds. Yeah, he went ten. He went eleven, twelve, ten. Yeah. So, I would have thought there was literally four players in the field that, that were capable of that. Yeah, Dickerson shot a 29 under, which if you would have said, again, going into the week, you would have said, someone's going to shoot a 29 under, do they win? I probably would have been like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Especially looking at it and knowing the weather was going to be yeah. pretty like, you iffy. think. Dickerson I played mean, out of his mind. Dickerson basically made someone have to shoot average double digits at a very, very hard course to beat him. Yeah. And Ezra was like, yeah, I can do that. Or Isaac, sorry. Yeah, Ezra's, I know. Ezra, I, I did that so Ezra's many times. I actually played with Ezra at 2017 Ledgestone. I've, and Isaac was smacking the crap out of both of us. It was me, Ezra Robinson, and Dylan Lotak. Isaac card. Robinson is um, actually insane. I, it's like one of those things where like, it's happened a few times this year where like somebody wins and you're like, okay, obviously I know who that is. It's not like he's like that irrelevant, but like, yeah. let me go back and look at his season because I haven't. Yeah, so that's and what, like he's been okay. He's been sneaky this year though. Yeah, he had a fifth place at Waco, but that got overshadowed by the Luke Humphrey storyline. Yeah, it, fifth place probably wasn't a storyline anyways. I remember Luke Humphrey? <laughs> we thought he was going to at be that so time. Good. Luke Humphreys had just went second, second basically, right? Las Vegas then Waco, and so big storyline there. He t- finished top twenty at Champions Cup. Not really a storyline we would have covered. Then he podiumed at Portland Open, but it got overshadowed because that was Simon's back-to-back win. Yeah. So his two ones that could have been a storyline. Yeah, he's been got good. overshadowed by bigger storylines. He's been good this year. And so looking back, I mean, it really shouldn't have been that big of a surprise. Um, but I think too many people still oh, think he's like an unknown player. Anytime, well, anytime somebody breaks into the winner's circle for the first time at that stage, and you know. That that's already always going to be like oh who is this you know bursting onto the scene I'll tell you what though I mean the way he puts unreal it is unbelievable I mean he was just you just one hundred percent C one X on the tournament when yeah I mean that's incredible <laughs> when you're in that and he, I believe it was fifty seven percent C two something um, like that yeah and it's unreal when you look at that he made four he made four from circle two in in rounds two and three 
uh, was just making bombs all over the course. It's like when he saw the basket, the putt was going in, and it was yeah. and it was clutch. Like you get to, you get to seventeen. Dickerson was giving him everything. I mean, Dickerson was giving him his best, um, and he gets a seventeen. Hit that like forty something footer. Just closes him out. Like yeah. I mean, ice cold. Like he he was insane. He was hitting all those pressure lines down the stretch, just throwing his putters, hitting gaps. Like really, really talented. And like when you can putt that well, you're like that's the guy that you got to pay attention to. Like yeah. he's he was he's just officially on, one. on tour as far as I, what they were saying on coverage. He just graduated college this year and now he's touring. Yeah, and what a way to get started. Yeah, that's uh, a scary thing too. That means he has had time uh, allocated elsewhere, and now it's all going to yeah. be on disc golf. I mean, you know, was, what I loved when he was walking down eighteen, they like had a camera on him pretty much the whole time, and you could like slowly see it start to settle in. And he like was still nervous until he threw his approach shot or eighteen, sorry. Yeah. And once he like he threw a great drive. Once he had his second shot on eighteen, out the gap, inside like it was like twenty feet away. Yeah. Then he was like, okay, I'd have to like five putt from there. So then he like let himself like let it settle. But you could like see it all building up, and then you could like see the moment it released, and he realized like I just won a pro tour event. It's crazy. And then obviously he had the moment after he tapped out where his brother like sprinted onto the green and they. You know, who knows what his brother was saying to him, but I, I mean, they've been working at it for years and years, obviously. That whole family's a disc golf family. I want to say they have another brother that plays, but uh, to see it all culminate to that, it was quite the storyline, and it was it didn't feel like a fluke win. No. Like, it didn't feel no. like, okay, well, that was like... Oh, no, I mean, he's been good all season. Like yeah. you said, he's, he's had good finishes, and, and... He felt like the type of guy that, like, you might want to look out for him the rest of the year. I think I think we're just going to have to say that he was under the radar. That's really what so. it was. It's not it not a fluke under the radar. That's all it was. And and yeah, I, I now that he's got that win under his belt. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be paying attention to him. I mean, he just I do think I think he that just this launched course, up to top. He's now yeah. tenth in the world on, on, on Udisc. Yeah, he just launched up the rankings. Um, I do think that this course played to his strength somewhat. Um. But when one of your biggest strengths is putting, a lot of courses are going to play to your strengths. If, strength, if so. Idlewild plays to your strengths, then you're going to be pretty tough to beat everywhere. Yeah, no, because, absolutely. Like, that course is just an like animal. Dickerson. Yeah. Idlewild plays to Dickerson's strength, yeah. and Dickerson and he, he's will get into the power rankings, but I think he's the best player in the world still. Yeah. Um, Dickerson's an animal. Anyways, we can just talk through that. Dickerson picked basically right back up where he left off. He this did. was a big week for us, I think, because I was like, all right, this is where we see what Dickerson's really made of. Like, have yeah. we overhyped Dickerson? He is still the guy you have to beat every week. Right yeah, he's now. the guy that you show up to the course and you're like, if I beat Chris, I'm podiuming at least. Yeah. It, like, I'm, so I'm going to be up there if I he, can beat Chris. He's unreal. He even, like, like hole one yesterday, I, when they're coming out the gates, I selfishly needed Gannon to win, Chris to go. I need Gannon to win, Chris to come third for my points. That's mm. what I needed. Which, going into the final day, you know, Gannon was on lead card and Chris. I was thinking, all right, here we go. I got something here. But I also kind of wanted Chris to win, just in general, because I like Chris. Yeah. And he threw his first shot. Like, he just didn't turn his force over. Just went straight OB left. And I was like, yeah. I was like, oh boy, this could be the I start. I saw that. And then he I goes, mean, what was he doing trying to Heiser flip that day? <laughs> I think he was trying to throw it flat and have it turn. He put yeah. it on Heiser. I've been there. Every throw, every throw. Yeah. Um, but then he just got up and down and then just Man, that, moved on. Like he's birdie. The, the par five towards the end where he threw that turnover forehand and got like all the way out the gap. Oh my gosh. He's man. so good. He's unreal. He has every he has every shot you need. I mean, he's the real deal. Uh I think he took a long time off, obviously. You know, we talked about it and we knocked him down in the world rankings. 
I think he's right back where he belongs. I think yeah, he's up top. But he's kind of like, okay, you guys gonna you guys gonna shut up with your dumb little podcast? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here, here I am. I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. Um, Gannon Burr though, obviously he had a rough round, final round, yeah. rough by his standards. Right. I think he shot like one under. He still came like top four. Yeah. Uh, that's just how good he was playing. His season, he just continues to be unreal. Yeah. Like. He's, he he he's had some consistent. rough he had some quote unquote rough tournaments towards the beginning. Yeah. I mean, obviously Vegas like he almost in won. The 20s, I think but he yeah. Was in, yeah. He had a few finishes that were unusual, but since then he's really got his groove and I mean, I we'd have to look at how many weeks it's been since he's been outside the top 10. Oh, it's it's been it's been it's I been was just looking time. at it the other day it was it's been so many. Yeah, like he I think he is one of the players as well that like he might be probably he could there's an argument for him to be the second best player in the world right now. Yeah, there's I, a very solid. If argument. I had to bet money on which players are going to come inside the top, like if I have to bet for top three, it's Gannon and Chris Dickerson. Those are the yeah. only two guys that I would be comfortable betting on because yeah. those the those guys are every single week. They it's it's not even like it's just like their games can suit every course because they're great putters. They have yeah. all the shots and they just always have their game. Like yeah. they're they're just not an off week for them. They're just always on. Well, a big thing with them is their putt is all is always very confident and they yeah. both have that like step putt. Dickerson's been doing the step putt for yeah, they're longer good than range. most people in the in the uh pro tour. But what the step putt does that I really like about it is it seems to never just blow blow past. No. Like if you see guys who like if they're having like a slightly off day with their step putt, yeah, sometimes they're just drilling them dead hard of the change. It's gonna go twenty five feet past. Twenty five feet for a guy like Gannon or Chris Dickerson that's not really going far past. But if you see like Paul, Ricky, obviously his putt, he doesn't he doesn't jump. Yeah. Paul either doesn't jump or he like does jump bullets. If their putt inside the circle is slightly off, like if they get to like, their jump putts are going to put them sometimes like 30, 40 feet. Yeah. That's what I really love the step putt for. It's and the so guys good. like Dickerson and Gannon, obviously, you know, Brody's brought one on um, and people have been controversial with like foot faults versus not, stuff like that. The step putt, I think, is something that everyone needs in their game until someone says something about it. Yeah. Because it's it's overpowered to a certain extent. Oh, it's way too good. Because, like, you can now basically turn a 35-footer into a 30-footer. Yeah. More or less. Yeah, the the step putting, I'm starting to, like, it's really sinking in this year that, like, having that, like, 30 to 60 range dialed in, like, being really lethal from there is just like that's what it takes to win. That's what that's what Paul gotta, had in 2015. Yeah. That just got overlooked. Yeah. That was if you go back to 2015 and you look at Paul's putting, that range he was hitting metal. Yeah. Pretty much every time. Yeah. And if you're hitting metal every time, you're staying close to the basket or it's going in. Right. And you, like that's the thing that separates people and here we are 7 years later, yeah. that's still the thing people need cuz 2016 Rick, 2017 Rick. What do you have? He had a putt that when he was within 50 feet, he was at least hitting metal. Like, yeah. if Ricky airballed a 50 footer in 2016, 2017, it was shocking. Right. That's the name of the game. Yeah. And it just gets overlooked because it's not as flashy. Mm-hmm. Like, people watching people hit a 45 footer is like, especially people like Chris or Gannon, like, it's cool, but you forget about it the next hole. Exactly. But that's what you need. Yeah. And that's what Isaac Robinson just did. Yeah. Right I mean, he's, ste- he's just stealing strokes from the course all over the place. And it's not even just for birdies, it's to save yeah. pars. Like, you're just, you're just, yeah. Taking well, the game becomes the so much easier if. You're like, hey, if I'm within 50 feet, if I can see the basket. Yeah, if I'm yeah. within 50 feet, I have a sh- solid shot at making it. Yeah, the game becomes so much easier. Yeah, because yep. now it's like, it's not how do I snake to the basket. It's like, okay, well, this gap will get me to 55 feet, and I can probably save par from there. Right. I mean, it's a huge difference. Yeah. And these guys, once they heat up, they know they're making everything. 
Another player this weekend um, that I think is starting to have to be talked about a little more is Kyle Klein. There's now back-to-back podiums for him. Yeah, he's heating up. I looked at his season, and it is kind of all over the place. you yeah. know. But he has a lot of top 25s. Yeah, uh, and now he has back-to-back podiums to where if he can have another good finisher too, he can really start. I think if, making his name more. I think and more if relevant. Kyle can just grab a win this year, we will be easily be able to just be like, yeah, he had a good season. It's just, yeah. it's it's tough being in his shoes. Like when you're like one of the young prodigy guys, not as in the company as in the, the you're term. you're a prodigy. You're yeah. a prodigy. Like you're an up and comer, and people just expect really big things. And it's really tough when you've got like 17 year old Gannon Burr kind of like setting the standard yeah. there but uh yeah he's still playing good disc golf and like he can win any week isaac robinson's got to be like 22 i think he's so. 22 somewhere in there because they say he just graduated college yeah. so like that's got to put him in that yeah i mean the young talent of the tour is insane. The tour is terrifying well like, think of it five years from now five years from now isaac robinson will be you're gonna have five years from now you're gonna have all these guys that are young right now in their primes and then you're gonna have Gannon Burr years will, and Gannon years Burr five years from now will be 22 Gannon Burr will be the age of Isaac Robinson five years from now because like my thing is yeah my <laughs> Gannon Burr is gonna have a long prime <laughs> the thing is like it's impossible to say that like like we don't have enough precedent to say that Gannon Burr is generational talent so with that what I mean by that is yeah he's obviously incredible for a 17 year old but who's to say three years from now two years from now one year from now there won't be another 17 year old because Gannon Burr came out of nowhere nobody was paying attention to him um so like there there could be I mean think about five years from now we might have you know tons more of these young guys flooding in each year I mean the field is going to get very quickly is going to get so so tough and I love it yeah uh, final storyline I think we got to talk about is like going into the final round. Uh, I think it was Stat Mando put out some type of stat about Paul and Ricky. You know, have I think if they both started an elite series or a major, they've never gone into the final round with both of them. I'm gonna pull it up with both of them yeah. outside the top. Yeah, there's um, a lot of there's a lot of these like Page Cat Ricky Paul stats getting thrown around right now because it just shows how yeah, hard it's it gotten. Final round LWS Open will be the first time that both Macbeth and Waisaki have started the final round of an elite series or major event outside the top 20. Ever. First time ever. <laughs> With both of them playing. So both yeah. have started the final round. So basically one of them could DNF or whatever. That's probably happened. Both playing the final round. Both have started with both outside the top 20. But we saw a similar thing that we saw from Paul at Champions Cup. And we've seen him a few different times where... Don't understand When guy. there's no pressure... The yeah. final round, he's out. He's not in the lead. He can't. He literally can't win. He does something ridiculous. Which this time he cooled off. I mean, it was only only thirteen, 13 under. under. Yeah. Um, he was nine through eight. But he was nine <laughs> through eight. Yeah, yeah. Like he comes out the gates. It's not a sixteen under W.R. Jackson round. No. But it was pretty incredible. It's for a that similar course. vibe though. Yeah. Where he comes out, he does something insane. He gets everyone talking about him. He sneaks into the top ten, and then it, I, you're just like, I just can't. oh yeah, there's Paul. That's that's Paul. Remember, and like, but what's he got to do to put a whole tournament together like that? I, 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 it's all mental. I really think because every time I watch him, he's changing things up. Mm-hmm. He looks like a different player every time I watch him. So he's clearly just in that frustration mode right now, where you know he he's just trying to find the answer. And I think it's tough because like clearly like there are times where he does figure it out. Yeah. Like this previous rounder at WR Jackson and maybe what's happening is he just can't settle in on strategy or form. And he's just like, cause it's like everybody's gone through it with like putting right where you figure out something you like with your putt. It's working. 
and then all of a sudden it doesn't work one day and you scratch it. You go back to the drawing board. I think that's what's happening with Paul. He's figuring something out, he, but then the second he has a bad day with it, he's scratching it too quickly instead of just settling in and realizing that like he has he has the talent and know-how to well, I think the big thing get around the course. is being the best player in the world looks different this year than it ever has before. Yeah, it doesn't mean winning every it week. It doesn't. It doesn't no. even mean coming top five every week. I mean, realistically, like, it probably there's means, a player at this doing point, it, but... At this point, it means coming top ten every... At, at this point, if you're the best player in disc golf, you're winning probably once every four to five weeks Yeah, at best, and you're coming top ten every week with an exception of maybe one. Yeah. Like, that... And that's, that's what I'm saying. I think that <laughs> mindset is just something that's never been it before. Yeah. So, like... And in a lot of ways, like if Paul finishes in 12th, it's like if Paul goes into the final day and he's, you know, in 10th or 11th, he's like, I'm pushing for the win. And then he drops like 15th. It's like, oh, well, this sucks. It's over. Right. I think it's just a different mental shift than has ever been needed before. Well, Paul is not, and he, and he will never do this, but he's just not a guy who's ever going to be used to playing for a, a place. Yeah, he's he wants first, and there's nothing wrong with that. No, it but just, I it's think not, it doesn't work the same. It's, as you yeah, do. it's just probably hurts because like you can't like you can obviously play to win, but you can't be like beating yourself up every week because when a guy like um, Isaac Robinson goes out there and just does what he did to that course, you're probably not beating that guy. No, like you're probably well, that's just, the thing too. There are before, just some weeks where you're just not going to beat somebody. Before <laughs> it was like we were saying like if you go out and you beat Dickerson right now, that means you played good. Yeah. Previously, it was like. If you're Paul and you show up and you beat Ricky, you won. Yeah. Pretty not much. Anymore. But now it's like the field is Okay, so I beat Chris. So like let's say you beat Chris by one. You shot a thirty under. You lost by one. You lost yeah. by two three still. There's gonna be somebody every like, week. There's, there's so there's like twenty to thirty players that now any of them can play at that level. Mm-hmm. None of them can play at it consistently. Right, but, but somebody's going to do it. When you have thirty of them, yeah. someone's going to. Mm-hmm. And it's just a completely different game of disc golf. And from a fan's perspective, it's a lot more fun to watch game of disc certainly, golf. Certainly, certainly. Uh, let's get into some points though. Uh, so after this week, I got two for the dark horse. Um, thank you, Andrew Fish. One for MPO, one from FPO brings me up to eighty-six points. Trevor got three for MPO, getting that Dickerson pick right. One for FPO brings him up to 47 points. And Connor just got one point for FPO, puts him at 55. Tracked on him. I feel like I'm going to need to keep reminding people that Hunter, liked, like, we gave him this, like, crazy bet that got him 20 points at one point. So while he still... Was, was it 20 or was it 15? I think it was only 15. You, cert- you certainly did I think didn't. it was 15. Well, then it was a lot. I think I'm just destroying y'all. Well, you are, but it's... Like fifteen points is a lot of points. Like you would get, yeah, I'd it would be take at you, yeah, it would take you a, a lot of points. Game. I just wanted. I'd still I have you people, by twenty three. I'm just trying to make them understand that hey, he doesn't. You don't have eighty six points. Austin Hanum got. I from do predictions. It was a prediction. It was a prediction. Uh, Austin Hanum, y'all, I, I, y'all took me on it. You all, it was all in your hands. No, I completely agree. I just like people are probably going to be like confused because they're like there wasn't even that many points up for grab this season. Like, how is it mathematically possible? Because I'm an anomaly. Let's get into some power ranking updates. And that bet you took was insane. Uh, power rankings, I wrote down kind of where I have it, but I want to hear your thoughts. So we'll okay. kind of go over. Uh, I think Chris Dickerson regained his first place in the world. Definitely. Uh, so check there. Ricky struggled this weekend, but when you're looking at his whole season as a whole, I don't think he struggled enough to yeah. justify. I mean, we, we did bump him down because Dickerson back to one, but Spring I don't think ankle. we justified anything else yeah, going on. He bruised his ankle, too. He's like he's banged up still. Same thing with Simon. Um, Simon performed fine out there. Uh, I think it's going to take guys like Simon, Ricky, 
Chris, it's going to take multiple weeks for them to start yeah. dropping in my mind. They still got recent wins. And then Gannon Burr finished fourth. He's not going anywhere. Yeah. Matty O, solid good, performance. Finish. These, he these two here. Matty O is so interesting because he is probably not going to win this year and he is going to have a higher finishing place than so many other people that won this year. Yeah. Because he's just consistent. Yeah. Like, he's just consistently. I want him like, to win something. He did have a very rough start. We do have to remember that. I was looking back at it. He did. If you go back, yeah, he has some some very low finishes. Well, like in like Texas. Yeah, I don't, I'll bring it up. I just like erase Texas from my mind because everybody is all over the place in Texas. If uh, you if I look back at somebody's schedule and they played well even in Texas, I'm like, wow, you're the goat. So this year, Pro Tour, um, he came 15th Texas States, second Tallahassee Open, fifth Champions Cup. Oh, he DNF'd DDO. Never mind. I take everything I said back. I looked at it at like 11 o'clock last night. Okay. He DNF DDO. It just doesn't say DNF. He had appendicitis. No, I think it was COVID, wasn't it? Or was that appendicitis? He had appendicitis. He had appendicitis. At one okay. point. I think it was DDO. Uh, so that was his finish. Never mind. I take it back. He definitely belongs there. This is the interesting one to me. Calvin Heimberg wasn't there this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, so Calvin and Paul, I have six, seven right now. Calvin yeah. six, Paul seven. Do we leave that? Yeah. I think You don't need, there's no cry to shift Paul. He played one good round. Okay. Joel Freeman, he had a rough round, but when you look at his season compared to the other guys on the list, or rough tournament, I guess I should say, yeah, he's a similar player where he's had a good enough season up to this point. I don't think we do anything shocking yet. Yeah, so I think we leave. I, I think we leave think the, the rest of it as it is. Joel Freeman eight, James Conrad nine, Kyle Klein ten. Yeah, I think Isaac Robinson is probably sneaking up into the 15, top fifteen though. If you were to think about, it. like, if he, I think yeah, he rattles off another couple good finishes. He he could creep. Alden his way Harris up there. is another player that he had a rough start. But has is starting to like get closer and closer to like that top twenty five where he's finishing yeah more consistently up there. Another player, quick shout out that had a good round or good tournament was Jeremy Colin. Where did he finish? I saw his name up there. I didn't see his name. Uh, he was never in contention, but he was up there. He, Jeremy Colin fifteenth. Like Jeremy yeah, Colin is like not playing he awful in this season at all. Ninth. He tied ninth. Oh. Okay, there you go. I think is Paul was tied ninth, wasn't he? Yes. No, yeah. Paul is sixth. Oh, Paul is sixth. That's right. Um, there's there's like a stroke separating. Yeah, it's all of really jumbled up in there. Big German is like playing fine this season. I mean, he has such a good forehand that like there are courses like this that like he can. He's just going to be able to navigate it really well because he's going to be accurate with that forehand and hit touchy shots. So. Yeah. Uh, FPO. I kept Missy Gannon fifth. Uh, Owns yeah, Goggins and well. her. I think are kind of both vying for that position. But I think Missy's had a better season so far. Valerie Mandahano. When you look at the season scope, she can't be moved yet. Um, so even though she had a rough tournament, well, she what? We had her jump cat last week, didn't we? No, I'm almost positive we did. Unless we changed it, not on my notes. But I'm putting Val fourth. I think we did. I think like you did. You wrote it down, maybe, but I, I think we decided to. Okay, well then you're going to be questioning what I'm about to say. Okay, I'm bumping Paige Pierce down to third place. Back to back bad weeks. Kristen Tatar. We don't really know what to do with Kristen. Yeah, I don't really know what to do with Kristen. So I'm leaving Kristen second. Okay. I'm bumping Paige down to third and putting Katrina Allen the best player in the world. Why? Well, let me let me tell you. Because pa- basically Paige had bad to bad 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 back to back bad to back. Paige is at bad back to back weeks. Yeah. I don't want Kristen to just become world number one mm. by Paige just dropping. I so to me, that. I have Paige and Cat as like mm. one two, and Kristen's just in there. So I'm just flipping them. I, I honestly, I respect that logic. You're usually not going to make the people mad when you put the, the most recent winner in. The well, most let ball. me just read. Because at the end of the day. 
So power. this is this is well, like listen to this. The so this is Katrina Allen, OTB Open ninth, bad. Portland Open third, Silver Series at Beaver State second, Preserve fourth, U.S. Women's fourth, win it. Uh, yeah, she Idaho. hasn't had the awful weeks like Paige has. If you go Paige Pierce, Paige is all over the place. PDGA, those same tournaments. So it went back to OTB. That's where I went. Is that yep. right? Yep. Because she didn't play as many. She won OTB, but then she went fourth at Portland. Paige just won the preserve, mm-hmm. but then she went 21st U.S. Women, and then Ida Wild. She came in ninth, I believe. <laughs> You're questioning yourself. I'm questioning everything. Oh, Paige came in 13th at Ida Wild. So she went 21st, 13th, back-to-back weeks. That just isn't number one in the world to me. It's not. So I think our options are we go Kristen, Paige, Cat. I would bump Kristen down the third. So you go Cat, Paige, Kristen. Yeah. Okay. I think it's time that we... But is Ken Cat jump Paige, you think? Yes. So just that's fourth, fine. Fourth, first, that's fine. 21st, we'll 13th. We'll let it happen. We'll let it happen. So Cat, Paige, Kristen. Imagine we did a power rankings that was like actual rankings on who has the most power. And we just like, based on what we saw, like we just like, yeah, like so-and-so is thrown really far. We're going to bump them up. In the, and like we, there's no numbers behind it. That's right. We're just like, whoever we think throws the furthest. That would make people probably more mad. Like actual disc golfers would probably make burner accounts on us to like probably they'd be so offended yeah uh we're gonna talk super quick about the charleston trip but first i want to let you know who is making this charleston south carolina trip possible and that is flippy disc golf if you hadn't heard of flippy and you want to look fresh on the disc golf course drop what you're doing and listen up find your new style today over at flippy disc golf flippy creates super soft stretchy and lightweight jerseys with men and women disc golfers in mind the lightweight moisture wicking fabric keeps you cool on the course and lets you throw smoothly and freely without any snagging or sticking Flippy also offers customization to your jerseys, which is perfect for tournament players packs, double teams, sponsored players, etc. You can head over to, head over to FlippyDiscGolf.com and get 10% off with the code FOUNDATION10. That's FlippyDiscGolf.com and get 10% off with the code FOUNDATION10 at checkout after you browse through all the available styles and pick the one to look good out there on the course. So, super big thank you to Flippy Disc Golf for presenting the Creators Cup that's going on this weekend and sponsoring our entire trip down to Charleston. We're super excited. We got some sick jerseys uh, made up that will be debuting this week. And also we were rocking some of their cool uh, jerseys. They also have some sick hats. Yeah. Dad hats. I got the a... hats are really cool. <laughs> I got a donut hat. I know y'all got the juice yeah, hat, right? Yeah, juice box. Juice. It's got a juice box. Yeah, they got a juice box. So you check out juice the box. Yeah, sick. so head over to flippydiscgolf.com and don't forget to use code FOUNDATION10 at checkout. You're not going to regret that. And again, thank you, thank you, thank you to Flippy Disc Golf for making this trip possible. So... Quick overview of what we're about to get into this week. Oh, we're getting into some stuff. Um, we're going to be going down today. As soon as this podcast is over, we're we're rolling out. Um, and we're going to be heading down there. Today, we're just going to kind of check out the Foundation Charleston store, play a little round down there for funsies, and that's that. Tomorrow, Tuesday, 10 a.m., we have a bogey bro battle against the guys that are opening the store, Foundation Charleston, yeah. uh, at Park Circle. Um all of these things that I'm talking about, if you're in the area down there, we're going to have a post about it, hopefully tonight go up. If you're in the area, you're more than welcome to come spectate, hang out, watch. Uh, so that's 10 a.m. approximately tomorrow at Park Circle. Wednesday at 4.30 p.m., we're going to be playing a bogey row battle at Trophy Lakes. Do we have a bogey row battle uh, team name for them? Mm, let me check. He'll yes, check. I think I do. We're going to play in Trophy Lakes, 4.30 on, that'll be Wednesday. Uh, then Thursday's the day Brody comes into town. We don't have a, day, a time for this one, um, but we're going to be doing Can I Break 60 at Trophy Lakes Blues. The Chucktown Chains. The Chucktown Chains. We're going to be playing them at Trophy Lakes on Wednesday. 
Thursday, I'm going to be doing a break 60 challenge at Trophy Lakes Blues because someone bet me 20 bucks that I couldn't do it on debate night. And uh, we'll see. We'll see. It is definitely going to be tough. And that's Thursday. Friday, it's already sold out, but spectators are more than welcome out at SOAC. 5 o'clock p.m. Eastern, sharp uh, Foundation versus Nation. It's about 30-some competitors that will be playing in the Foundation versus Nation this year. Super stoked for that. We're, we're undefeated in that, right? Yeah. Yeah. We won the last one in the playoff. Nice. Nerve-wracking. Nerve-wracking, Nerve-wracking stuff. But uh, still TBD, Silas or Connor, who's pulling in the caboose there. Yeah. For the Foundation versus Nation. Really, so. really, it just kind of depends on if, like, if Brody has his game. Yeah, if Brody's on, then, then no one's gonna, touching yeah, us. Yeah, we're going to win. Um, but So that'll be Friday, 5 p.m., and then the Creators' Cup's going down Saturday and Sunday. Saturday morning, 8.30 a.m. is the round of singles out of the Naval Weapon Station, and then 1 p.m. at the Charleston Southern Fields. Uh, we're going to be doing the field challenges, and then 5 p.m. Saturday night. This is the one you're really not going to miss. If you are anywhere within driving distance, you're going to want to be there. The Charleston Foundation Charleston Grand Opening. There is some confirmed Dark Horse stuff that's going to be there. We'll have those posts going up here soon, letting you know what that's going to be. Celebrity uh, appearances like Silas. Silas Isaacson will be there. Danny Lindahl will be there. Uh, Some Brody Smith guy will be there. Um, Never heard of him. Never heard of him. He sucks. Um, (laughs) Anyways, uh, you're not going to miss that. And the Dark Horse item will probably be a limited one per person. So you're going to want to kind of show up early and get in line. If you're trying to get your hands it's on it. It's a that. dark horse lawn chair. Yep. Dang it, Trevor. You weren't supposed to tell him. <laughs> no, it's a disc. It's a disc of some type. I just don't want to say what it is because there's a chance it doesn't come in and we have to bring the other item down. It's a long yeah. story. You'll understand when you're down there. Uh, very excited for it. So that's Saturday, 5 p.m. And then the match play finals of the Creators Cup is going to be Sunday, 8.30 a.m. Back at the Naval Weapon Station. I love Playing that. for the Creators that's Cup. That's going to be exciting, man. Yeah, Playing so for the Cup. If you're in the area, mark your calendars. Come out to some of those events. Uh, we'll be down for there. the Cup, man. And we're very, very, very excited. There's also a lot of other channels going to be down there. A lot of content. You want to get the trophy, Silas? Yeah. There's a lot of other channels down there. Oh, uh, Hey, it's going to be bonus, all kinds of content. Bonus shout out to Idlewild for having a cool trophy. Yeah, the well, propellers. I, I, I misspoke. They, they, they have a cool trophy that they keep. That's cool, at least. But the one they gave Cat was still pathetic. What they give Cat? It was like this tall. Mm. Well, I don't mind. I don't think that you should see the one the players take home. That would be helpful. I don't think. I think that's just for the players. There's no reason to show that. They handed. Yeah, that like, would be the helpful. propellers that your name gets put on. Yeah. Hand that to well, the, the player. Whole, the whole thing gets rushed. That is the problem. Is literally they're she like they handed her the propeller. She like raises above her head and then and like, they immediately they took the it and thing. handed the other trophy. Yeah, and then like Terry's over there. It's so fast. Yeah, but I don't think the, you the, see the, the propeller was cool though. That's I don't think original. you should see the one that that goes home with the players. There's no reason for that. Yeah. Or, like, uh, do a medal, maybe? Because, like, then it's, like, it meant to be small. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, but, really quickly, what are each of you, what are you most excited about for the Charleston week? Ooh, I'm, I mean... One item. I'm excited for everything, because I just love no, competition. one item, come on. But I'm, I'm definitely most excited for <laughs> the, like, singles creators cup. Like, I want to, like, if I get a chance to play, I would say I'm most excited for the match play, but I would say the chances of me making it are pretty slim. <laughs> but if I get to that match play, like, that'll be very fun to, like, get a chance to play for the cup, like, for yeah. foundation, and then like, potentially lose it for foundation. And then we just ride your tail for the rest of eternity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, being the guy who has to try and win it for our channel, because, like, once you get the match play, like, everything's cleared Gloves out. Are off. It's just, it's just, bare knuckle. You, like, 
Oh Five gosh, rounds, dude. For the if cup. I got to play my hero, Danny Lindahl, for the cup, it's gonna be t- it's gonna be tough. <laughs> a lot of people were saying you look like Isaac Robinson. By the way, Did you I, see all those? I, I felt flattered because he's a good-looking guy. I like him, so I'll take it. Silas, what are you most excited? I just for shaved there? my face, so Trevor, that's not gonna help my comparisons. <laughs> Trevor kind of took mine, but um, oh, okay, good. You no, thought you were no. gonna play for the cup? No, no, <laughs> I didn't think that. But however, however, if you wait, if can you I? I'll change my answer. Lose. <laughs> I'll change my answer. The crawfish boil. We, oh, got invited yeah. to, we got invited to a crawfish boil, and I've never been to one of them. That's my answer. Yeah. No, I'm excited just to see the competition out there because nice. I think it, it's it's very stiff competition. Well, poetic, like politicians' answer, right? There. Yeah, the competition. I just want to see there. the competition out there. I just want to compete. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> that's that's fair. all. That's I'm all. definitely most excited for the store opening. That's uh, definitely salesman for. guy over here. Yeah, big sales business guy, guy over very, here. That's just what I'm ex- most excited for. I've been looking forward to. This I'm excited. It's gonna be the food. That, I saw one of the food trucks, trucks that's gonna be yeah, there. It looks, looks awesome. Yeah, yeah that, dude, that sign, that desk that they got. Yeah, oh, I'm that excited. Thing is awesome. I hope excited you guys are ready for the use section to get cleaned out by I'm us. Bringing, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm bringing about. I brought about ten to twelve discs from my collection to we're put gonna, in the use section. We're gonna have to hold Connor and Silas back from that use section. There's one. Uh, there's one. I brought a misprint 1060 Onyx. One of one that we got in our shipment years ago. It's like oh. off center. It's crazy. I brought it for the U section. Look at you, man. Pretty I didn't excited. bring anything for the U section. Uh, well, it's more because I was bringing my backups and putting in the Atlas Voyager bag. Oh, and my um, this guy's bringing backups. My well, yeah. I'm I, also sure my, I also my have backups. my Atlas I, I Voyager. Bag. I'm only in. I'm only in. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm still in my gyro only, so I only have like ten backups. So, does and so it I need to fill oh. the rest of this. I was like, I'll just bring some used disc for him. So that my there bag's full. There you go. Good guy, Hunter. Uh, all right, let's get into the fan favorite segment, Trevor's Trivia. What do you got? Okay, so I think this is going to be a, <coughs> this is a pretty good good question. It's a pretty difficult one, I think. Um, but obviously with with uh, Isaac getting the win, it just speaks more to the parity of the field this year. So I kind of picked out an interesting question. So out of the top 30 in the UDISC ranking, so pretty far out there, top 30 players, Excluding Eagle McMahon, who's been hurt a bunch, Nate Sexton, who barely ever plays, and then two European players, Lori Lettinen and Nicholas Antia, who are okay. not really over here a ton. Excluding them, there are three players inside of the top 30. Only three players, as you say. That's what's impressive about it. There's only three players in the top 30 without a top five at a pro tour, not a silver series, pro tour or major event. There's only three of them in the entire top 30 without a top five. This year or ever? This year. In the top 30? Yep. Without a top five. I mean, there's no way I get this, and I'm going to insult whoever I say. (laughs) Oh, man. Man. It's a tough one. As a near impossible. I wanted to stump you. I wouldn't say it's near impossible. One player, this he came to my mind mainly because I saw him on coverage this week, and it made me go, oh, I haven't seen that player like all year. But I don't think this is the answer, but I'm going to say it anyways because the only one that I have in my head. Okay. Is Adam Hammes. No. Okay. Well, that was the only one I have in my head. I saw him on coverage this week, and I was like, I don't feel like I've seen him yet he was, this year. Uh, he, I think he just had a top five. He might have just come in top five. Nope. Okay, he did it at this tournament at least. He came in ninth. Is one, is one Nico LaCastro? Correct. No, Nico. Oh. Really? Wow, silence. Nico hasn't come top five this year. Not, I, not at a uh, Pro Tour or Major. It's a Silver Series he has. Correct. 
Nico, Open at Belton and Music City came top five. Music City, the Silver Series. Yes. Oh, okay. That's Sorry, Nico. <laughs> Dang it. Portland Open is the only one Ham has came yeah. top five. Oh, Close. Good I guess. was like scrolling. I was like, oh, Trevor's about to well, eat Silas. his freaking words. <laughs> Silas, is, Silas is on a roll here. Well, Silas, what's, your, what's the other one then? There's two. Two oh, more. Two. One of the other ones? No, there's three total. There's yeah, two more. One, oh, of the, one of the other ones is very much gettable. The Jeremy other one Colton. is going to be tough. No, he's not in the top 30. I was hoping. Uh, sneaky pick. There is quite a few that have just one. That makes man. it very difficult. Ezra? Oh Ezra? my gosh, you got two. Oh, I swear this is not go. a setup. I swear on my life this wow. is not a setup. It looks like it is. I would have never oh, guessed Ezra. Oh Honestly, Ezra. Oh my gosh. That's a great answer. That's a great answer, Silas. What oh. the heck? It crossed my mind. Yeah, Ezra's only top five All this right, year well, I'm, music I'm not City. answering the third, oh mainly because I don't have an answer, but also this, I want to see if Silas can this one. Three. This would be... This would be crazy. Um, There's no way he gets this one. I'm trying to one. think who's in the top 30. <laughs> this would be I, crazy. I'll show Hunter who it is. Oh. Uh, you could it's possible. It's definitely possible. Have I pick. have I heard the name for? Yeah. Can I sneak it? Can I give he him def- a hint? <laughs> he mentioned him. I've said his name on this podcast. This very episode. Oh, what? <laughs> Man. I in his, in Sal's defense, I wouldn't have thought he was a top 30 guy. He, well, he did just jump nine spots into the top 30. Yeah, I wouldn't have thought he was. So he wasn't until just now, pretty much. <laughs> he makes some really good vlogs. Oh, Alden Harris? Yeah. There it is, yeah. All right, we won't I, really I fully give him a third there. No, but, but that was that. pretty Two incredible. Three was very impressive. <laughs> that was incredible. Incredible. I would not have got a single one. <laughs> that was so impressive. What I would not heck? have got a single one. Dang. I'm still upset that Adam Hammes had to come fifth at Portland. Yeah, he ruined it for you. He ruined it for me because that would have really set me on my drop. Isn't, oh isn't that crazy that he's that's Adam Hammes? That's his only top yeah. five. He like was a player that like two years ago or even last year we were like this is the like that he's is one of the future. That is sport. something we need to like remember when we start getting hype about everybody that's having a good season and who's young is like stuff like Adam Hammes. Like what he hasn't really done. Well, much. Kyle Klein last year we yeah. thought was like the best player in the world because he like came he he won Idlewild in a playoff against Andrew Marweed mm-hmm. and then. Went into a playoff with Paul at USDGC, and then came out this year just flat. Poopy. He started putting it together, but he came out flat. Guys get expectations when they have good seasons, when they're yeah. young. It takes it's a, a little lot easier. Bit. It's a lot easier to play good when no one expects you to play good. That's what I've done my whole career. Yeah. Uh, well, you had to actually play good, though. True. Uh, final topic for today is Drew Gibson sent this tweet out. Bro, Drew Gibson, said, the salt king. He said, there's a time when conditions are too bad to play and it doesn't have to be because of lightning. All caps, lightning. 40 mile per hour winds isn't disc golf and neither is a sloppy, muddy course causing touring players injury. The TD nor the disc golf pro tour can control the weather, but we don't have to suffer. Hashtag rest in peace, Barella. I have some comments on this. Yes, great. I thought you would. Number one comment is, let's not let's not attack Drew because like everybody gets frustrated and like everybody is capable of tweeting something like that. <laughs> Number two comment. I'm. It's really tough. It is really, and I understand tea times were different, weather was different for people, but it's really tough to take that comment super to much, super to heart, and legitimate when people tore that course to shreds and you didn't. Yeah. So like we know that you it you probably wouldn't tweet that if you were at thirty under par. Actually, I know you wouldn't tweet that if you were at thirty par. Like that, so that's where it gets tough. Um, that being said, hidden in that tweet, there is some truth where I do believe, um, I do believe he's right. I believe that there, the weather contingency that the Pro Tour has right now, which is essentially there is none, 
is not going to cut it long term. Right now, the, the Pro Tour basically cannot reschedule rounds. There's no structure for that. Um, I understand it's tough with the way the tour is right now. People just can't fly in and out of places. Like people have books flight or uh, flights booked for Monday to go to Europe. Um, it's difficult. But in the future, there needs to be okay. Just because there isn't lightning, this is clearly not the condition we want to put on an event in. Um, we there needs to be a way that they can they can reschedule things, shift things around, um, because that's how professional golf needs to work. Professional sports needs to work. Like there is always going to be conditions that are too bad. Um, like when you got players stepping on two towels to throw shots, which I don't even have words for that. <laughs> that was wild. Uh, yeah, I it's it's tough. I don't even know what happened to AB yet. I'm assuming he got injured. But another thing to mention is. You know, let's not act like it was a bloodbath out there, right? Um, Haley King and, and Anthony Barella were both injured. I don't even think Haley King's had anything to do with the weather. I might be wrong. But it's a professional sport being played at a high level. People are going to get hurt. It's not like everybody was yeah. just dropping like flies out there. So let's not let's yeah. not make no, it I think, let's I think, not make it like the PDGA and the Pro Tour sitting back watching a slaughter out there. No. I think you control what you can control. And like realistically, when you throw a shot in the fairway, it is. It might be muddy, slick, whatever. That's going to happen. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. It could be perfect conditions out and yeah, the areas didn't dry. There's going to be mud. Once you're in the fairway, I think you control what you can control. Which the tee pads, you can make tee pads that, regardless of rain, regardless of conditions, will give you grip. Yeah. I think that you control. Beyond that, like in the fairway and stuff, if you have to go stand still because of where you landed, that's golf. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's just it the is. We- what it is. Yeah. The weather and like the whole wind thing, especially. It's like. I hate to break it to you, Drew, but like unless and this goes for um, the only thing with wind that I think would stop around is if the wind is causing trees to be unsafe. That's what I'm saying. Like unless it's like we're talking gale force, hurricane type winds, they're never gonna like 40 mile wind. They're never gonna cancel an event for that because like everybody's gonna play in it. You're playing an outdoor sport. Like I said, it's tough because like every like there's a lot of players that had success out there on that course in bad conditions and fought through it, and that's just part of the game. Yeah. And I, like I, uh, once again, it was a frustrated tweet. I probably would have tweeted something like that too if I oh, had absolutely. Issues. Like you're absolutely. out, you're out there playing like crap. You're like, what are we doing out there in these conditions? You watch your buddy get injured. You're like, I would do the exact same thing. So yeah. no, nobody needs to attack Drew for that. But it, and he bring he brings up an interesting point of discussion. But like I said, had he been at so and so under par, he wouldn't tweet it. Yeah. All right. Well, there you have it. That's this week's Grip Locked. Hopefully you enjoyed. If you're anywhere near the Charleston area, we hope to see you down there this week. Yeah. The address to our place we're staying. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah, other than that, we'll talk to you all next week. See you then. <laughs>